0: Bismillahirrahmanirrahim, ala Amma Alhamdulillah, tonight is the 8th of July in the year 2023. And Alhamdulillah, we moved on to the 75th night that we're going through the exalted and illustrious life of the Eminent Companion, Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Mas'ud and I'm steadily going through some of his blessed words of wisdom and yesterday I mentioned with regards to the question what to do with wealth which belongs to others but comes into your possession and then I mentioned that the great ibn Mas'ud he bore a slave girl he couldn't find the order to pay the money to and after the search, he then made a dua. He goes, Oh Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, this is for him if he pleases. Otherwise, I claim the reward for myself in Tabarani. So, on the same theme, it is related that a man, due to weakness, had misappropriated 100 dinars from the spoils of war. So, this is a major sin. Jihad takes place. The spoils are there and then it's distributed by the authorities. But this man, in a moment of weakness, he pocketed a 100 dinars. <laughs> However, he later repented. He went to the various authorities on what he should now do with the wealth, including Hazrat Muawiyah, Allah, and he refused to take it. So when he approached Hazrat Muawiyah, Hazrat Muawiyah was furious. He goes, Don't come to me with this wealth the man then saw a certain ascetic and the ascetic said give Muawiyah one-fifth and give the rest away in charity. Later, Hazar Muawiyah heard about this and he regretted not having thought of that answer himself. <laughs> so this is in Ibn Asakir in Tarikh Demishk 29-138. So, this is related, he, he's now, you could say he's stolen the wealth, but he was actually entitled to the wealth. But he took it without due process. And now he wanted to give it back. So, Hazrat Maavi, obviously being the ruler at the time, he was furious. He goes, don't bring it to me. Mm-hmm. But then another man, doesn't mention who it was, must have been a very pious, layered man. He said, give a fifth i.e. Twenty dinars to Hazrat Muawiyah because he is the authority. One fifth goes to the authority, and give the four fifths in charity. That's we have. That's a way of showing your repentance. So he did that, and Hazrat Muawiyah, when he heard this, he was very happy because I wish I had given that answer. Meaning he's not taken anything. <laughs> that's part of his repentance. So this is another way in how to deal with this problem, i.e., of acquiring wealth which wasn't yours. On a similar theme it is related in Imam Ghazali in his Ikhya. Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Mas'ud he once went to the market to buy food. When he reached for the money that he kept and he kept it in his turban he discovered the money had gone. The people thereupon gathered and asked Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Mas'ud to make a dua. And ask for the hand of the thief to be amputated. So obviously out of love the people said. Oh venerable companion make a dua. That he's caught and will cut his hand off. So he quietly raised his hands towards the skies. And he made the following dua. Mm -hmm. Oh Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If what made him take it. Is his need. Then bless it for him. However. If it was his boldness to perform sins, then make this the last of his deeds. (laughs) So let's look at this. So note Ibn Mas'ud, he had this harshness about him as well, and this was part of his trait, but he had mercy as well. So look how interesting, just like he made a dua, he goes, Oh my Lord, give him the reward. I've given the charity. If he doesn't want it, I claim the reward. He's doing it here. Somebody has actually stolen, imagine, <laughs> taken his wealth. But there was a possibility that the man who took it was in desperate need. Doesn't justify it. Doesn't justify it. But Ibn Masud being a faqih he made a that. He goes, if he was in desperate need, bless it. I've given it to him. But if there was no need, he was just doing this because of you know showing rashness or boldness, make it the last of his Question We don't know what happened to it, so obviously the dua will probably get answered if it was in need. He was blessed. Now, think about that. Would you make a dua to bless the thief? He's saying, You know, I've just narrated the report, but imagine it happened to you. Let's say you went to Hajj or Umrah, you took some money with you doing tawaf. Let's say next minute, it was money gone. Is the normal reaction, yeah, bless it whoever's taking it bless him that's not, a no, that's not a normal reaction but this shows that you know he wasn't quick to curse but if a person did it out of boldness he was make it the last of his deeds mm-hmm. clarifying further in Imam Ghazali in his ihya a man came to Amir al-Mu'mineen Umar ibn Abdul Aziz rahmatullah complaining about an unjust act
1: mm-hmm.
0: the Amir al-Mu'mineen advised it is better for you to face Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as a victim of injustice than to take revenge. Subhanallah. It is better for you to face Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as a victim of injustice than to take revenge. So look how beautiful. This is another reason why he didn't make that dua. Mm-hmm. Why? Because you got two, You got a choice. Somebody has wronged you. So you take vengeance. As long as it's, you know, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, fine, no problem. That's your right. Mm. It's better to forgive. Mm. But why is it better to forgive? Look how beautiful. Amir al said, you're going to meet your Lord. Mm. Is it better for you to meet him as a victim of injustice? Mm. Or you take revenge? Mm. So when the man who asked him for advice, he goes, Amir al somebody's wronged me. We don't know what the wrong was. Mm. What should I do? He basically gave the advice be a victim of injustice. It's better for you. This is better for your sake. So note again, subhanallah, this is what Ibn Masood did, Radi Allah. Somebody stole his money. So where did the Amin al-Mumineen, Umar bin Abdulaziz, get that knowledge from? He must have been from Ibn Masood, radiallahu. So note again, we are not worldly-minded people. We're always thinking of the real, the after, the eternal life. Unfortunately, a lot of Muslims haven't got that mindset now. No, subhanallah. So moving to another subsection. He's detesting those who were idle. So in a very famous report, Abdullah ibn Mas'ud said, I do not like, or he said, it angers me to see the one who is idle, the one who is neither occupied in worldly matters, nor in the pursuit of the hereafter. This is in Ahmed in his Zuhd number 159, Behaki in his Zuhd al Kabir number 775, Ibn Abi Shaybah in his Al Musannaf number 34,561, Abdul Razak in his Al Musannaf, Waqi in his Zuhd number 369, Abu Na'im al Hiliya number 246, Sifat al safwa 1 156, Ganzal Omar volume 8, page 232, Ayad al Sahaba volume 5, page 384 of the New English translation. So in this authentic report, the great Ibn Masood said, This bothers me. It means that it irritates. And who is the one who would irritate? The one who's basically like a cabbage. He's not working for his dunya, let alone working for his akhirat. Because this person I despise. It angers. I do not like this person. So now let's look at this. First, let's turn to the unbelievers. Abdullah ibn Abbas, he recited this verse, عنك, in Surah ar rum Surah 30, verse 7, of the Lamb of the Shaitan Al-Rajim. They, i.e. the unbelievers, they know but the outer things of this worldly life, but of the hereafter, they are heedless. He explained, meaning that the unbeliever knows how to prosper in the world, but they are ignorant of the matters of the religion. This is in Ibn Jirir and Ibn Kathir in their respective tafsirs. So let's look at this. So, what does Allah the Almighty and Glorious say? He says about the unbelievers, they know Ya'lamun, they have knowledge of the Hayat al- Dunya of this worldly life. But then he says, "Wa anil hum because they are heedless of the hereafter. So the great Ibn Abbas said, "It means the unbeliever has knowledge about what dunya, and it's true, isn't it true? They leaps and bounds ahead of many of the Muslims. You know, they know they're the you know they've excelled in all the fields. But when it comes to the akhilat, what does Allah say? ghafil They don't know." as we can see all around us in the world today, how can the Muslim thus be in a more decrepit state than even the unbeliever? Mm-hmm. Why? Because at least the unbeliever is working for dunya. <laughs> what did Ibn Masood say?
1: He
0: goes, he's not working for dunya. He's not working for the hereafter. He goes, I despise that person. So did Ibn Masood radiya did he despise the unbeliever? No. Because he's working for dunya. Mm-hmm. But how can a Muslim, imagine, you know, you've got the Shahada, you have Iman and you're letting a non-Muslim be better than you. <laughs> you're not working for dunya and you're not working for the akhirat. So this is why Allah, Allah mentions this. Thus, if one finds oneself incapable of doing the various good deeds, I due to the weakness of Iman, at the very least, one should contribute towards them if possible. This is another excuse. I can't do brother. I can't play tajjid. I, I lie in my sleep. I can't give sadaqa. Why? I don't know, brother. I'm a bit miserly. And these, these excuses just keep going and going. So then you say to that person, okay, you don't need to do the deed. And the guy starts scratching his head. He goes, what do you mean I don't need to do the deed? Contribute towards the deed. He still doesn't get it. it's okay. <laughs> Abdullah ibn Mas'ud al he said, providing a rope to someone proceeding in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is more beloved to me than performing Hajj after Hajj. Subhanallah. Providing a rope to someone proceeding in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is more beloved to me than performing Hajj after Hajj. This is in Tabrani al haythami in Majma' Al-Zawaid, volume 5, page 284, stated Sahih. Ayat al sahaba volume 2, page 319 of the New English translation. So think about this. A person is going on jihad. You give a rope to him. What's he going to do with the rope? (laughs) So obviously tie, maybe keep the camel tied or the horse tied or whatever. Hobble the camel. Ibn Masood said, that's not a small deed. (laughs) To me, that is more beloved, not equal. (laughs) It is more beloved to me than doing hajj after hajj. So what was he highlighting? He was highlighting, if you can't do the deed, contribute towards it. <coughs> that, and that contribution is not something small. <coughs> Thus, one really has no excuse in which to get involved in the good. It's just a really, you know, you got no <laughs> excuse. I can't do good. He goes, what do you mean you can't do good? What sort of a statement is that? <coughs> Indeed, how does one have time to remain idle? When this majestic man radiya lamho, he had said, your days are passing away. Your lifespan is nearing its end and your deeds are being recorded. Death will come suddenly. Thus, he who sows the seeds of goodness will reap the harvest. Whilst he who sows the seeds of evil will reap humiliation. No, you shall sow as you reap. SubhanAllah. This is in Ahmad in his Zuhd, number 161. Abu Nu'im al Hiliyah number 266. Sifat al-Safwa, volume 1, page 161. Hayat al volume 5, page 386 of the New English Translation. So note, he was very concise in his speech. He got this from the Prophet, sallallahu This is actually a lecture, this statement of his. Your days are passing away. Your lifespan is nearing its end. Your deeds are being recorded. <laughs> <laughs> go, every one of those statements is a bayan. Your days are passing away. The Prophet he said in ibn adi your days and nights are your mounts. Ride them carefully to your destination. Mm-hmm. So how beautifully did the Prophet describe day and nights? He didn't say happy birthday. You know, congratulations on 25th. New- because he told you what days and nights are. He goes, they are your transport." Mm-hmm. Somebody goes, transport? To where? To your destination. And where's your destination? Mm -hmm. Heathrow airport? No. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So what is he telling you, the Prophet your days and nights, you need to use that transport well. Mm -hmm. Then Ibn Masood said, your lifespan is nearing its end. Forget about our lifespan. The world is coming to an end. Mm -hmm. The Prophet was once, it was after Asr and the sun was coming close to Maghrib. And he said to the companions in Ahmad, he goes, the life of this world, what is left of it is just like what the time for the Sun to set.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Meaning, prior to the Prophet of that is how much of the world has gone. Mm-hmm. So what was left 1,400 years ago of the world? Mm-hmm. So what's left now?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So that's the world, not talking about you, you just like insignificant blip. Mm-hmm. Your lifespan is nearing its end and your deeds are being recorded. Then he said, death will come suddenly. What does that mean? Death doesn't give you a warning. <laughs> it doesn't say, oh, by the way, happy birthday. What? You're going to die next year at this day. <laughs> right? Imagine now what it is. Happy birthday, happy death day. Imagine when he says that. <laughs> happy death day. There's no warning. You need to prepare. He who sows the seeds of good He reaps the harvest. He who sows the seeds of evil will reap humiliation. You shall sow as you reap. Meaning is up to you. You want goodness, he'll be waiting for you. You want evil, he's going to be waiting for you. What do you want? (laughs) On another occasion, this heavenly man, said, I do not want to see any of you behaving like a dead corpse at night and like a qutrub by day." So this is in Abu Naim al-Hilya number 247, Tahzeeb al-Hilya 1-119, the Sahaba volume 5, page 385 of the New English Translation. So let's look at this. So we need to know what a Qutrub is. He mentioned the insect or something. So a kutrub is a large black ant which spends the entire day collecting seeds. It has very little time to eat them. <laughs> So this is the problem. You know, he's saying things. We don't know what he's talking about. We need to know what these words are. So let's go back to the statement. What did he say? Mm-hmm. I don't want to see any of you, <laughs> meaning the Muslims, behaving like a dead corpse at night. Somebody goes, why are you supposed to sleep at night? What he's talking about is definitely don't miss the fajr. Mm-hmm. Definitely. <laughs> but you should try and spend some of the night in worship. Mm-hmm. Tajith. <laughs> then he said, and don't be like a qutru by day. How beautifully he described that person. So who does he detest? He he sees a person. What's he doing? He's collecting seeds. He has very little time to eat. (laughs) Meaning, like Hazrat Ali said, he's an excellent caretaker. The immaculate caretaker. And somebody asked him, who's the immaculate caretaker? He was the one who uh, looks after wealth and then passes it on to others without getting paid. And there's many Muslims like that, making money, making money, making money, and it's like, are you a so He goes, what's that, brother? Right? He it goes, a big black hand. Why you call me a big black hand? Because you seem to be gathering seeds, but you don't, I never see you eat it. And Ibn Masood said, I don't like to see you like that. So what was he saying? Worship a little bit during the night, and make sure you do these during the day. Don't just waste your life, you know, acquiring dunya, leaving it for others. Indeed, one of the things which our beloved messenger would seek refuge from, sallallahu wa was al-qasal. Al-qasal. Al-qasal is laziness. This is in Sahih Muslim number two thousand seven hundred and twenty-two. I think about that. Why was Rasulullah sallallahu wa seeking refuge from laziness? Was he lazy? Far from it. Have we made that dua? And he goes, so brother, before I you answer that. Are you lazy? And you got to be honest. He said, Brother, it depends which standard you're using, but yeah, I would say I'm quite lazy. So let me get this straight. The one who really, to be honest, he didn't need to make that dua. He's making that dua. And the one who really needs to make that dua isn't making it. Am I liking that? Because, yeah. So, what's going on? Camel signs. So, this dua you make. I seek refuge in you, O my Lord, from laziness. Now somebody goes, what's wrong with laziness? As long as i are doing my farad. <laughs> There's a hadith. The Prophet wasallam said, uh, the hadith is in dalukutni." I fear four things for my ummah: Laziness, weakness of iman. And he mentioned a few other things, which I can't remember. He goes, laziness, weakness of iman. And why did he mention these things? Because the four things he mentioned, so that's it. The Prophet said, I fear four things for my ummah: Overeating, oversleeping, laziness, and weakness of iman. Mm. So this is the me- rough meaning of the hadith. Now what's interesting about the things he feared, they all have a knock-on effect. Somebody says, okay, go to the first one, overeat it. I fear for you, don't overeat. The Prophet goes, I don't, because this is something that troubles me. What's the knock-on effect? Overeating leads to oversleeping. <laughs> you know, it's a person who gets blood sugar, the next minute, he goes, oh, I need to have a half an hour cap. <laughs> right? He's keeping all day. Overeating, oversleeping, then what does that lead to? Laziness. <laughs> and what does that lead to? Weakness of Iman. <laughs> So the Prophet was telling you what are the steps that leads to the corrosion of your imam. So simply put, you made this du'a. Oh Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, I seek refuge in you from laziness. Right? Now what's shocking? The Muslims, they're the last place you expect to see this. You don't believe in the hereafter. Yeah, I'm just taking my time. It is just related that Abdullah Ibn Mas'ud, his blessed family, he used to ensure that none of his household members were asleep after Fajr. He would personally monitor them in this Mm matter. This is in Ibn Abi Shaiba in his Al Musannaf, Volume 9, page 36. So Think about that. We know he was very strict with his family. Mm -hmm. But he would make sure that none of his family would sleep after Fajr. Mm Why? Because this is laziness. The blessings are in the morning, the Prophet bless the mornings of my ummah. The Prophet made a dua for that. So now one of the brothers mentioned to me, he goes, How does that work for a taxi driver? (laughs) So I says to him, I goes, Where's the the Prophet's dua? I'm sure he knew that he was incorporating taxi drivers. But I think what he was trying to get across was he makes more money at night. So the response is, the Prophet didn't say there's more money in the morning. <laughs> Did he say money? Because he goes, he meant to offer blessings. So blessings, taking wealth as an example, if your wealth is blessed, do you need more or less? Less is enough, because it lasts longer. If your money is not blessed, you need more. And isn't it true that the ones who work in the morning, they even say it, because we pick up better customers. There's no drunks. Okay, there's a bit of traffic. But the the beautiful thing is, my sleep pattern is sorted. Uh, when I, when it gets to night time, I'm tired. I need to go to sleep. Mm-hmm. So everything seems to be in place. And at night, you want to be with your family. Mm-hmm. Right? Next, many weddings, we're going to work. Mm-hmm. There's nothing, nothing wrong with working at night, but the usual, if the preference, should be in the morning. Mm-hmm. No other than our beloved messenger said about this time, salallahu alayhi wa sallam, this is the hour when your Lord distributes rizq. Thus be present by remaining awake and do not be negligent. Mm-hmm. This is in Targheeb, Volume 2, page 530. So Allah is blessing that time. Mm-hmm. Don't you want to be a potential recipient of that blessing? Mm-hmm. Because don't be negligent. <laughs> Abdullah ibn Umar, he once walked past a person who was sleeping after fajr. Mm-hmm. He stirred him with his foot gently and said, Are you not aware that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala attention is focused on his servants at this moment? He grants a group of people entry into paradise at this hour. Are you not aware? Mm-hmm. In Targheem, volume 2, page 323. Three. Mm-hmm. So look how beautiful. He didn't kick him. For Allah. He was resting after Fajr. But he, he he woke him up. And he said to him, Allah is focusing His attention, being His blessing at this time. And one of the blessings He gives, and can there be any greater blessing? He gives paradise. Imagine somebody goes to, there's a raffle ticket, and He goes, You want a, You want a ticket? It's free, but you have to be up in the morning. He goes, What, what, what do I get for I win? <laughs> and He goes, Get paradise. Are you going to stay up? You're going to ask, well, Can I buy a few more tickets? Well, just if you stay up, you get a ticket. And even if there's a million people, I just want that. Opportunity, maybe I'm the one who wins the jackpot. I might get, the woman goes, you get paradise in the morning and you're sleeping. Allah wants to even give Jannah, just as the saying goes, you have to be in it to win it. <laughs> right? You have to be in it to win it. But I'll be in it. Right? Think about that. So, the morning again, blessing. So, now another important point are you sinful if you work at night? It is important to point out here that one may work during the night. Why? Mm-hmm. For our beloved messenger said, وسلم, he who spends the night seeking lawful rizq, he sleeps forgiven. <laughs> he who spends the night seeking lawful sustenance, he sleeps forgiven. This is in Ibn Asakir in his Tarikh Dimishq, Volume 4, page 284. So if you work during the night, earning a lawful uh, livelihood, and you fall asleep, Allah, Allah will forgive your sins, the Prophet promised, <laughs> but, and also just to add, in the Quran, Allah, Allah explicitly mentions, in Surah Ar-Rum, Surah 30 verse 23, and amongst his signs, is the sleep that you take by night and by day and the quest that you make for his bounty. (laughs) So what does Allah, the Almighty and Glorious, explicitly say in the Quran? You can sleep during the day. (laughs) Amongst his signs, is the sleep you take by night, bil layl, wal nahar, and the day. (laughs) Thus, one is not sinful if one sleeps during the day or works during the night. However, it is preferable to do the opposite. So, ideally, you should work during the day, get the blessings of Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and rest during the night. However, if you reverse it, it's not the ideal. But, there's no harm, inshallah. The most somebody could say is, it's a slight dislike. <laughs> of course, the night is the time to rest. If the blessings of the night are not like the day. You sleep during the night, you notice you go into a deep slumber. During the day you're in and out So the blessings of sleep also Is reduced during the day as well Subhanallah So all I mentioned today Was basically uh, Wrapping up on the question What to do with wealth Which belongs to others But comes into your possession I mentioned a few of the reports in this regard And then I mentioned now The great Ibn Masud's dislike For the one who is idle And what's interesting People don't even realize they're idle So, what, so let me give you a few examples so the cabbage state is what he detested. So when you're watching TV, is that cabbage day? Mm. Yes. Why? Well, because you're not doing anything. They even say you're in a zombie state. Yeah. And why do they call you a zombie? Because you're not thinking. Mm. You're not doing anything. It's just That's the state he detested. Yeah. If you're reading, are you idle? No. Mm. You're engaged. Right? So when you say idle is very important to clarify upon that it means that you're not doing anything you know you know playstation (laughs) and if you're you know if a kid no problem but if you're a fully grown bro bro playing playstation are you idle of course you are what a waste of time right so this is being idle even though physically you're doing some movements you're watching box sets Mm
1: -hmm.
0: idle ordering pizzas right you know you're wasting your life and we have to give credit where credit is due. The non-Muslims, many of them, that's one thing they'll never do. In fact, they get very upset over that. They go, what are you doing? Because you at least do, you know, do something. Work, right? I notice it's like kind of a, you know, it's a principle for them. But this is our principle. But we, our concern is more for the hereafter. But nevertheless, if you work for the world, the Masood didn't have a problem with you. Because you're doing something, something useful at least be it, you know, small as compared to the hair after. Are there any questions? you're not asking. Subhanallah, <laughs> bihamdika, illa wa wa and the subhanallah, bihizati amma isimun, Assalamu wa sallim, wa alhamdulillahi wa alameen, allah khusr, ladhina wa wa wa